Welcome to the Real Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lambert. In an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth, the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate. Jesus prophesied, An hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic word of God that he is revealing in this hour concerning the church Jesus is building is our goal. Affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ in order to fulfill the purposes and plans of God is our purpose. I want to pick up where I left off in the previous episode in this special series regarding the COVID-19 virus and pandemic and plague affecting the entire world at this time. On the previous episode, I was saying the world, unbelievers, do what they do because they are the world. They are unbelievers. But the church of the Lord Jesus Christ should not be doing what the world slash unbelievers do. The world slash unbelievers is slash are being driven by the spirit of fear, which is rooted in the fear of death and unbelief. So worldlings fear. That's what they do. Unbelievers unbelieve if you will. But the church, believers, must be motivated or driven by faith that is void of fear. Faith that is void of fear. Again, I want to quote the Word of God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, 2 Timothy 1.7. So fear is a spirit, an evil spirit that does not come from God. It's an evil spirit that does not come from God. The Bible makes it clear that fear is rooted in the fear of death. Yes, did you know that? Makes sense, right, when you think about it? Fear is rooted in the fear of death. Listen to Hebrews 2, 14 through 15. I'm reading in this case from the New American Standard Bible but most versions say something very similar. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise, talking about Jesus, he himself likewise also partook of the same, meaning of flesh and blood, that through death he might render powerless him who had, notice the past tense, had the power of death. That is, before Jesus died, was buried, and was resurrected. He no longer has the power of death. That is the devil. The devil. He who had the power of death. The devil. And might free. Now, it's talking about Jesus. And might free or liberate, set free, deliver. Those who through fear of death, fear of death, fear of death, were subject 
to slavery all their lives. What kind of slavery? The fear of death. Fear. They were subject to slavery to the fear of death. And so they were slaves of fear all their lives, it says, all their lives. So people who are not truly and genuinely born again are slaves of fear their whole life. But thank God the Bible says, perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. That's deliverance because fear is a spirit. And so perfect love casts out all fear. You don't even have to have somebody cast the devil out of you. If you will begin to operate and accept and just walk in God's love, the Bible says this, 1 John 4, 18. 1 John 4, 18. Get your Bible. Read it. There is no fear in love. Wow. Selah. Pause. And think about that. Meditate on that. There is no fear in, and this word here is agape, God's love. Now, there might be fear in man's love, and there is, because it's not genuine love. But the love that emanates from God himself, remember the Bible says God is love. That's who he is. When God wanted to, in his own word, sum it up in one word, who he is, he said God is love. There is no fear in the God kind of love, but perfect love, and that is what God's love is, perfect love, perfect love casts out fear. Wow. Just the perfect love itself casts fear out of your life. If you will accept God, and God is love, and accept who he is, he is love, that perfect love will just negate. It will cast out all the fear in your life. And if it's by a spirit, that perfect love that emanates from God is greater than all of Satan's fear. And fear does belong to Satan. I'll get into that here more in a moment. Because fear involves punishment. That's why Satan is so fearful. He does what he does because he's hysterical. This hysteria around this COVID-19 virus, that's authored from Satan. That's Satan himself operating through people because that fear comes from Satan. Satan was the first entity to experience fear because he was the first and the original rebel. He rebelled against God. He experienced fear, the first entity to experience it as a result of his rebellion. And he's been in fear ever since because he knows his time of punishment and ultimate punishment is coming. And that's why the Bible says he knows that his time is short. The things that he's doing now in this world is because he's hysterical, because he knows his time is short. And this hysteria comes from Satan. And it goes on to say in 1 John 4, 18, and the one who fears is that you? And the one who fears, is that you? And the one who fears is not perfected in love. 
If you have fear operating in your life, there is no condemnation of them that are in Christ Jesus. I'm not condemning you. God's not condemning you. But if, if there is fear operating in your life, it's because you're not perfected in love, it says. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. And what is love? It says it's God. God is love. God is equal to this perfect love. Perfect love is God. And then it goes on to say, 1 John 4, 18, fear has torment. Boy, anybody that is feared and they've allowed fear or fear has dominated their life for whatever reason, they can tell you that's the truth. Fear has torment. Fear. There are people all over the world right now and even before this pandemic and this plague and this crisis, this global scare, there are people in insane asylums. They're tormented by fear. Mental health professionals tell us that most diseases, many diseases, most diseases have some aspect of fear that is at least exacerbates it. The command to fear not is spoken 72 times in Scripture. 72 times that phrase appears. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. The command do not fear in its various variants is evoked and invoked over 500 times throughout the Bible where God appeared to people and said, do not fear, or God spoke through prophets, or God spoke through people and said, do not fear. Don't be afraid. Remember, he said that about the to the uh, wise men when Jesus was born, and they saw this angel, and they saw this star, and this angel spoke, and they, and he said, fear not. Do not fear. For behold, <laughs> and the whole thing there. Uh, about Jesus's, and that's the thing. When Jesus comes into your life, there's no reason for fear. Fear not. Now, the worst thing about this global fear-mongering is this. The worst thing about all this fear-mongering is that fear is faith in reverse. Oh, please hear me. Fear is faith in reverse, so to speak. Fear is really a form of faith. Yeah, that's right. Fear is, a, is really a form of faith, or faith in what you are fearing. I know that sounds ridiculous in a, in a way, but fear is really a form of faith, or it's faith in what you are fearing. Listen to what Job said. And you, you know the story of Job, and uh, it's kind of a famous story. And even if you haven't read it all, you kind of know the essence of it, that all these terrible things happened to Job. But here's what Job said. Now, his counselors said all kinds of his wicked counselors, his evil counselors, the one that were lying and trying to said they were speaking on behalf of God, but they really weren't. They were speaking on behalf of the devil and trying to bring condemnation upon Job in his time of trial and tribulation. That's not what we should do when people are in trials and troubles and tribulations, is bring condemnation on them. That's why I'm saying to you, this is not condemnation. Nothing I'm preaching is condemnation. This is to lift condemnation off of you. 
And he said in Job 3.25, here's the reason. The reason things happened to him that happened to him. This is the reason. He said, quote, For the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of has come to me. So it's fear that brought the thing into his life that he was afraid of, the thing that he was fearing. Now, I don't have time to develop that fully, but uh, what Job was fearing, the Bible says it right there. And he made sacrifices every day that were only supposed to be made once a year, and those were supposed to be made by a priest, not by him. Supposed to be made by the high priest. So they had absolutely no effect. But he was making these sacrifices every day that was supposed to be made only once a year. But he was doing it kind of as a talisman, kind of as a good luck charm, kind of like a rabbit's foot as people do today. He thought, well, every day is better than once a year. 365. No, what that did is show the devil that he was afraid, that he had fear in his life. And that's what opened the door. And when the devil came to God and said, tried to get God to touch him, he said, I don't need to touch him. You look and see. He, he's already available to you. That sounds cruel. But the, when you read it, it says that the, at the end of the story, Job had double of what he ever had before. And isn't that what we want? Double power, double anointing, double everything from God? Wouldn't that be great? Have double everything from God? Well, it's going to come when you get free from your fear and you begin to walk in righteousness rather than unrighteousness and be, begin to walk in faith and not fear. Now, just as faith produces or brings into existence what you are believing for, fear produces. It does produce fear. <laughs> you need to get a hold of this. Fear produces. Fear is not just innocuous. Fear is not just inconsequential. Fear produces, because it's a form of faith. Faith produces. Fear produces or brings into existence the very thing that you are fearing. The very thing that you are fearing. Fear is giving place to the devil rather than to God. Fear is opening the door and inviting and giving tacit approval or authority for the devil to do or bring about in your life the very thing that you are fearing. That is so powerful. I better read that again just in case you didn't get it. Fear is opening the door and inviting and giving tacit approval or authority for the devil to do or bring about in your life the very thing you are fearing. Remember, it's the devil that's causing you to fear it in the first place. It's like a round robin, like a merry-go-round. Satan comes, he's the tempter, he causes you to fear, but if you don't resist him, then that fear will take over your life and the fear will produce. Because faith produces. Faith. This fear will produce the very thing you're fearing. You see what I mean? It's a round robin. So get rid of fear in your life. The more you fear something, the more you are giving the devil 
Satan opportunity and permission to cause it to manifest in your life. Oh, friend, don't receive this as condemnation. Receive this, allow God to convict you. Being convicted by the Holy Spirit, that's the role of the Holy Spirit. But condemnation, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. I rebuke condemnation. Do not receive this as condemnation, but allow the Lord to convict you concerning your wrong thinking. Stinking thinking. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Don't allow fear to dominate your life. Don't have an obsession with fear. Don't be obsessed by fear. All this mass hysteria that's going on right now about this COVID-19 is actually giving Satan permission to produce it in the atmosphere over America. Got to say it again. All this mass hysteria is actually given, giving Satan permission to produce it in the atmosphere over America. So friends, if you love Americans, if you love America, if you love your children, if you love your family, stop fearing. Don't walk in fear. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Rebuke fear. Just speak to it as a spirit. Speak to it. If somebody came knocking on your door right now and he he's obviously a thief, would you say, oh, hi, hello, come on in? No. You'd say, get out in the name of Jesus. Why? You got family in there you're protecting. You love your family. You'd say, get out of here. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Get out of here. That's what we got to do to fear. It's an evil trespasser. It's a thief. Satan came but before to steal, kill, and destroy. The, Jesus called him a thief. He said, the thief. Speaking of Satan, came but before to steal, kill, and destroy. He came to destroy you. Fear will destroy you. Fear is a spirit. Now, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Hello? He's the prince of the power of the air. Of what? The air. Where's this virus living? In the air. The air or the atmosphere. There's an atmosphere over the entire globe. There's an atmosphere. There's a domain of Satan. Satan lives in that domain. The air or atmosphere is his domain or realm of operation or function. Satan's. The air, the atmosphere is his domain or realm of operation or function. This is the biggest reason that believers and church leaders in particular need to forthwith, that means right now, categorically reject and stop right now, dead in your tracks. Stop, cease, cease and desist right now, participating in all this fear mongering. Don't be a participant in that. Don't be a spokesman for Satan. You need to stop participating in all this fear-mongering that goes on by speaking all this fear, doubt, worry, and unbelief into the atmosphere that the unbelieving of the world are speaking. How many times have we heard messages on, and it's so true, Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. I said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it shall eat the fruit of it. Who, those who love what? Those who love life. 
Those who love it shall eat the fruit of it. And love this, this truth that death and life are in the power of the tongue. We have death or life right in the power. It's a power. We have it in our tongue. It's what we speak. Unfortunately, many corrupt politicians and elected political leaders of our nation who are right now, they're drunk. They're inebriated on the Kool-Aid they've been sopping up for decades are speaking death over their own constituency. Now, is that love? They're speaking death over their own constituency that they purport to be serving by speaking this mass hysteria and fear-mongering. Now, I know they have to speak things as spokesmen of the civil government. I understand that. But there's also some hysteria, mass hysteria, being spoken by government officials. As government officials, what they speak bears more authority than what the average citizen speaks because they're, they're a part of government. Now, soon, I'm not saying now, soon, President Trump and his administration must step in and reclaim the authority over management of this global crisis that was somewhere along the line ceded to the healthcare industry and so-called healthcare experts in order to get the economy running again, the engines of the economy, to get them back up and running, to get them online and, and running on all cylinders before the nation slides into a collapse that's worse than 1929 and 1985, for instance, from which recovery will require a decade or decades. I don't recall a diminutive so-called infectious disease expert, and I'm not trying to be unkind, but I don't recall an infectious disease expert being elected to run our nation. I, I totally missed that election somehow. Again, I'm not being unkind, but Tony Fauci is the perfect example of why we elect politicians and not physicians to the office of the President of the United States. Again, not casting aspersions on him. I believe he believes everything he's saying, everything he's doing. I believe he's a patriot, and I believe he's doing these things because he believes it. But there, at some point, we've got to understand that we've got to get our nation running again. The godless, loony leftist of the Democratic Party, which is the party uh, that the majority of healthcare professionals are affiliated with, inexplicably, I, I don't understand that. I don't know how to explain that. They would love this to happen and will do everything they possibly can to help it to happen. And they might, that might be subliminal. That might be subconscious. They may not be doing that on purpose, but it, it's like they're being used to prolong this thing because of their panic, their health care concerns. Well, I get it. I understand it. I know that just common sense, like our president demonstrated common sense, you don't have to be a scientist, as he says, to understand these things, that these mitigation 
measures will help to flatten the curve, as they're saying. I understand that. And I think that's wise. And I think that's true. I think that's right. But the healthcare industry operates on the basis, as an industry now, not individuals, but as a whole, of their adiomorphic, that means uh, atheistic slash agnostic indoctrination. They're indoctrinated with this. They're indoctrinated with unbelief. They don't believe. And this indoctrination that they're indoctrinated with, it produces a proclivity to monolithic tunnel vision and believing their collected data and perceived facts and that their data adds up to the truth. When the fact of the matter is data and facts per se do not equal truth. You have to understand that. Truth is not comprised of data and facts. In fact, truth is a person. When Jesus appeared before Pontius Pilate, Pilate said, what is truth? Jesus never answered him because the Bible says, don't answer a fool according to his folly. Pontius was looking at truth. He was looking at truth personified. Jesus is the truth. And that is not an extrapolation. That's what the Word of God actually said, says. Jesus is the truth. He's the Word made flesh. The Word of God is the truth. And he said, I am, Jesus said, I am the truth, not a truth, the truth, and the life, and the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. There are no others. I am the life of God, the eternal life. So data and facts, per se, do not equal truth. But the fact that death fills the mouths of the unrighteous and unbelieving in this world, that should not be a surprise. Because you know what it says in Proverbs 8.36? I think this is powerful. Proverbs 8.36. Look it up in your own Bible. It says, quote, all those who hate me love death. Oh, my goodness. You think, well, how can that possibly be? Well, that's what it says. The reason they hate God is because they love death. Wow. Love death? And if you hate God, you love death. And the Bible says, if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. Well, that's loving death. Be to kill. Satan came but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me end this episode with this. Believers, I'm speaking to you. Those of you who purport to be believers in Christ. I'm not talking about senos now. Christians in name only, but I mean real believers. Don't buy into this panic mentality about this supposed pandemic. I'm not saying it's not a pandemic. It is a pandemic, but it doesn't have to petrify you. Don't think as the world, unbelievers, the world's unbelievers, who are indoctrinated with the thoughts of devils. Don't think as the world thinks, because 
the world is made up of unbelievers who are indoctrinated with the thoughts of devils. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Don't think like the world. The devils are full of fear. They're full of panic. They're full of hysteria, especially in this last hour because they know their time is short and punishment is at hand. They're petrified. So separate yourself from demonic thinking and thinkers as much as you can, to every degree you can. Separate, and especially spiritually se separate, or mentally or emotionally. Separate yourself from demonic thinking and thinkers. Turn that television off. Okay, get the, the latest information about what's going on. Listen to a press conference, part of it. But there comes a point, turn that television off. Turn off the radio. Turn off things that are just constantly speaking fear. You don't need that. Listen to what affirmed, credible preachers, prophets, surrogate spokesmen of God are speaking to you on behalf of God. If you want to listen, listen to something, listen to programs like this. Listen to podcasts. Listen to that are from God and, and ministers and spokesmen of God that are affirmed and credible preachers, prophets, and surrogate spokesmen. Here, listen to them. How do you know if they are? Because you've looked up in the when you're a Berean, you've looked up in the Word of God yourself and you found out that what they're saying is the Word of God. It comports with the word of God. That's why they're affirmed and credible. Hear the word of the Lord, not the word of man, not the word of these people that are spokesmen of the government only. Don't listen to the corrupt, corrupting, fear-mongering of unbelievers who do not have the life of God living in them. The Bible says this, 1 John 4, 1 through 6, Beloved, do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. A prophet is someone who speaks on behalf of God or purports to speak on behalf of God, but if it's not speaking the words of God and the what the Bible contains and the essence of what the word of God is saying, then they're not true prophets. By this you know the spirit of God. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you have heard that it is coming and now is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. They are from God the world. Therefore, they speak as from the world. And the world, not you, because you're not a part of the world. And the world listens to them. We, talking about believers, are from God. He who knows God listens to us. It's talking about those who really know God are going to be listening to these, these confirmed and affirmed prophets and preachers and teachers and spokesmen of God, pastors, who are speaking on behalf of God. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. Yeah, I don't have a very good listenership uh, uh, of people of the world. They don't listen to me. There's a whole lot of believers that won't listen to me either. But they won't listen 
And really, they say they're believers, but if they won't listen to teaching like this and then they go, oh, hogwash, or they don't like that or something they don't like about it, chances are they're not saved. They're not born again. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Fear not, little flock, for God has given you the kingdom. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. Please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and visit realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then, this is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God, all things are possible and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to his purpose.